0: Well, good morning again, I'm Jeff. I don't know if I introduced myself. I'm one of the pastors. We're really glad that you're here. We are in a week two of our series, Spiritus Sanctus. Spiritus Sanctus, it's about the Holy Spirit. And we are going to do all that we can to learn and engage with the concepts in God's Word about the Holy Spirit over these few months, Um, a couple of months, just, just eight weeks, really, six more weeks after today. Here's the title this morning. It's Keeping in Step. Keeping in step. And it comes from this verse in Galatians uh, chapter 5. Galatians 5 says, and this is really just a transition from last week, a real easy transition. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Last week was all about living in the Spirit. That this reality is that we have the Holy Spirit of God present with us. It was an introduction. If you haven't heard that, it's available online. Um, it's a, I thought it, it, you know, I listened to it again. It's painful for me to listen to, but I, I, as I listened to it, I thought, okay, I think that's a good introduction to the concept scripturally about the Holy Spirit. So I think I really encourage you to go back and hear it. It was an introduction to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of one person of the triune God. He's part of the Trinity, and he is the indwelling presence of God. He's how we encounter God. This is what... This is, And he brings guidance, help, and life. That was the sermon from last week. He brings life. He's the life that we need from God. He's the living water that flows from within us. From John chapter 7 is where we ended the sermon last week. So that's us. That's light. we live by the Spirit. And today I want to go to the second phrase of this passage. Since we live by the Spirit, then let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. We want to talk about keeping in step. It's a great analogy. It's exactly the right words to use as we picture what it looks like to, to, to have the Holy Spirit. It's like now we're going to Walk in the Spirit. Here, here's the bottom line, friends. Here's the bottom line. And if you're not so good at listening and, or if you're a little tired or if you're like, you know, wanting to go get some coffee or th- this is the deal. I'll give you this right now and then you can check out the rest of the time. Since we have God's presence in us, since we have the presence of God, then let's walk with him. Since we have the unbelievable privilege of the supernatural presence of God, that's the Holy Spirit then let's walk with him. Let's keep walking with him. Let's stay in step with him. I have this really embarrassing thing about my marriage that I'm going to share with you right now, and you're like, ooh, here, we're going to get real. No, it's not that big. But um, you, you, know that, you know when you walk with your, if, you, if you're married or if you've been, ever had a dating relationship and you, get to, you walk with your arm around somebody, does anybody else have a difficult time Do you, Terry, you see, you know where I'm going. When Linda and I walk, if she was out here, I'd make her demonstrate it with me. Our gate is totally off. So we'll have a nice date, we'll come out of the movies or the restaurant or whatever, and I'll put my arm around her, and then all of a sudden we're doing this thing. Does anybody ever, is that just me? 30 years of marriage, I wish, that we just matched up a little bit better. We do it, I give her a little squeeze, like okay, try it again, we'll try next year, and then I hold her hand. The the gate is off. There's just something that just doesn't, it doesn't fit right. So if I wanted to do that, I literally have to walk because her little steps are so much shorter so that if we were to walk together and I was to walk with my arm around her, I literally have to walk like this, (laughs) which is just not attractive at all. The other analogy about walking with uh, keeping in step is that actually Linda and I run together. We get the privilege of running together a couple times a week usually, and I love that because actually then we don't have to go like this. But I can run, and I run. I usually tend to run behind Linda and you know guard her from the coyotes and the whatever. But I run behind her and. It is so fun to keep up with how she's doing that particular day. And most days, honestly, she does better than me. Most days she's out there, she gets warmed up, she gets going, and I'm like, okay, I gotta keep up with her. And it is everything within me to just stay on that path. So if we go running on through, the, through the hills and we go up hills, then I have to keep that pace with her and then go down if there's rocky terrain or whatever. And I actually find that my footsteps, you, if you run with somebody, you know how this works? Your footsteps end up in the same cadence as the person that you're running with. You can't help it. Dobkins, we run together all the time and you're so much different size than me. You're a large man. And my cadence goes and follows yours. My cadence follows Linda's. It's kind of a cool thing to do that. And then I have to, inside, I'm like, man, I got to stay up with her. The other thing, my wife, she's so great. She's not here right now. So she's watching, I think, in the green room. So here's the deal. When somebody comes running toward us in the trail, her speed picks up. Do you ever, there's just something inside her where she goes faster when somebody sees her running. I got to speed up with her. It's a great analogy of keeping in step. My cadence has to match. My, uh, my, my uh, speed has to match. I have to keep up. I'm going to go where she goes. I'm going to go on the forks in the trail where her uh, t- twists and turns take her. It's a great analogy. We are keeping time with God. We're matching our cadence with God. We are staying on his trail so that we can follow him wherever he goes. We're going to stay on the path that he's on, and we're going to run hard to stay with where he's going and when he's going there, this passage of, this, this text of, of uh, you know, since we live by the Spirit, then let's keep step with Him. Then let's keep with Him. Then let's walk with Him. The New Living Translation says, since we live with the Holy Spirit, let us then follow His leading in every part of our lives. If we get to live with the Holy Spirit, then let's follow His leading in every part of our lives. Let's keep in step with Him. Let's walk with Him since we have the privilege of having his presence in our lives. So I want to talk about what it looks like to keep in step with the spirit. And here's a couple of thoughts from the word of God. Keeping in step with the spirit first is about a God-filled, God-led existence. Keeping in step with the Holy Spirit is about a God-filled and God-led existence. We talked about it last week. You're hearing it already from me today. Here's one Set of verses that, um, you know, out of the, the many, 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 many verses we could be uh, reading about this idea of being God filled and God led. Romans 12, it'll be up on the screen. You can turn to it if you want. I'm sorry, Romans 8, verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. We have an obligation, but it's not according to our flesh. It's not a, our obligation isn't to do whatever we want, verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will, what? You're going to die. This is what we talked about last week. The Spirit brings life. Being born again by the Holy Spirit's power is what brings us life, spiritual life. Apart from that, we are spiritually dead. We're separated from God. And if we live only according to the flesh, only according to physical, we live only for ourselves, then we do not have the Spirit. Therefore, we're separated from God. That's that phrase. You will die. You're spiritually dead. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. That we are God's children, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. This is just one of the passages that's primar- that shows that sort of primarily this keeping in step is about God filling us and therefore God leading us. It's a God-led existence. Led is being led by God is the primary kind of description of keeping in step with the Spirit. We're keeping in step with Him because we're going to follow Him wherever He goes, wherever He leads. We're going to follow His leading. That's why it says things like in John 14 and 15 and 16, the spirit of truth, John 16, I know it says, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. He's gonna be guiding you and leading you. And so we're following the leading of God by keeping in step with the Spirit. And so what's going to happen is we're going to be, I mean, the Word of God's going to get illuminated. We're going to be given wisdom for every situation that we find ourselves on going down the trail. We're going to be given strength to face that situation. We're going to be given the fruit to manifest God's presence to others in that situation. We're going to be given the words to say in those situations. We're going to be given whatever it takes to thrive wherever it is that He leads us. It is a God-filled, God-led existence. And wherever we end up there, wherever we end up, then we're going to have what it takes to thrive in that environment. The mechanisms of that, go go back a slide just because I don't want that. We don't need that, that grieving part there yet. This God-filled, God-led existence, friends, this is about being led by God and having whatever it takes in that situation from God to meet and thrive and be God's person in it. And the mechanisms of that are really a lot. They're many, you guys. The mecha- think about it. The mechanisms of being led by God are many. I, I wish that this was a more simple science. It was, this is not about the science of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you how it is that the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. It's way too difficult for that. But the mechanisms are sort of, they're, they're many faceted. There's going to be nudges from God where he's going to lead you and guide you and give you wisdom and truth and strength and fruit and words, et cetera. There's going to be just nudges. They're going to be nudges. It's a heart thing. There's a heart thing. There's a mind thing. You have these things that come into your mind where you're like, wow, maybe I should do this. I should do this. Is that you, God, talking to me? I'm being led by God right now. There's circumstances where you go, okay, well, this is where I am right now. And that clearly God's put me into that circumstances. So there's heart nudges, there's head thoughts, there's there's circumstances. The the word of God, of course, is is the crystal clear, both black and white on the page way that he leads us. The, the, The community of faith works together to speak truth into us and nudge us and inspire us. Those are all the ways in which we end up keeping in step with the Spirit, where you get led by the Spirit. And I want to remind you that this happens in two ways. It happens in very everyday, very pedestrian ways. That's one pedestrian, as in we're walking with God. It happens in every moment, every hour, every day kind of ways. And then it happens in more dramatic, kind of crazy, whoa kind of ways. Both of these are how it is that we're keeping in step with the Spirit, that we're led by God. We have this God-filled and God-led existence. It's both the dramatic, but it's also the everyday walking through life stuff. God meets us, fills us, and then leads us every day and in more dramatic ways. Talk about the everyday stuff. You know, every day, all day, we have the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to meet us in all that it is that we do. And we go, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's just me going through my day. Well, it is you going through your day, but you're making decisions as you go through your day, right? And you're making decisions as you go through your day based on your heart and your conscience. And if you're a follower of Christ, then you have the Holy Spirit within you. So the Holy Spirit is directing you through all that stuff. And it would behoove us, friends, to recognize that we're a God-led, God-filled existence. And so those are Holy Spirit moments. You with me? There's no unholy moments for those of you who have said yes to Jesus. That's the cool thing about it. So which bus you get on or which seat you take or how you handle that appointment at work or how you deal with the anger that rises up in you when there's a conflict coming somewhere, all of those things are Holy Spirit moments. And your kid comes in and he's blown this or that or, you're, or they're crying or all of that becomes a Holy Spirit moment. And it would be smart for us to recognize that this is a God-filled, God-led moment as well. And so those experiences where we realize, well, I'm not really sure what to do, but I don't think wailing on my kid the way I did last week or yesterday about this is the right move today. There's something else going on here. See, that's the Holy Spirit nudging you and leading you. Every day, every hour, kinds of stuff where we receive wisdom and fruit and strength. Do you know that experience? Do you know those experiences where you think to yourself, man, I got to call my friends, you got to pray for me because I'm going into a meeting or my brother-in-law showed up this weekend or what, like, you got to pray for me. And then at the end, you had all that you needed to thrive in that environment. You had the fruit of the spirit, you had gifts, you had wisdom, you saw where God was in the midst of it. There was beauty and peace came out of it as opposed to chaos and death, right? Right? Those are Holy Spirit moments in the every day of our lives. I think of the passage in Acts 15, where um, it says that Paul was writing a letter to, uh, uh, Peter was writing a letter to Gentile believers, and he said, okay, here's the deal. We've talked to Paul, and he said, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to hold you to these requirements. Now, the context is interesting, but it's not my point. He says in this letter, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Isn't that kind of a cool everyday kind of, this is the sense that we have. We've talked about it. We've thought it through. We believe that's the Holy Spirit working. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. I like that phrase. You should use that. You should use that phrase to your kids. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to me that you go to bed now. (laughs) It happens in everyday sort of ways. I love it when God does that. I love it when God shows up. And I hope you don't think it's a spiritual superiority complex if you claim the victory in Christ, that you say, man, I love the way I was able to succeed in loving that person right there, or making that good decision, or succeeding in that endeavor. That That was the Holy Spirit working in me. It's everyday stuff. But do not miss, friends, that it is also a pretty, it can be pretty dramatic and miraculous. That this God-filling, God-leading thing can be pretty dramatic, pretty radical. In that same couple of chapters in in Acts, you have this environment, this thing happens. Paul and his companions traveled, this is Acts 16, verse 6 and following. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and, and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So there's already something going on here where they were like, we're gonna go out and serve God and the Holy Spirit stopped them from going where they were going. Some sort of a red light. See, there's sometimes there's some pretty dramatic ways that it's not just in the midst of our everyday life where the Holy Spirit shows up and we go, wait, what? Wait, what? What? What is happening right now? And then the passage goes on. When they came to the border, of of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Okay, we want to go here, but the Spirit of Jesus is like, no, you don't. No, 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 we want to go here. No, you don't. The Holy Spirit intervenes in our lives, friends, in dramatic ways in order to lead us and guide us. So they passed Mysia, pretty much, because the Spirit of Jesus said, no, you don't. So it's a good idea just to go around, go somewhere else. So they passed Mysia and went down to Troas, and during the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. Isn't that great? Concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Intervening in what they thought was the best thing to do, and the Spirit of Jesus said, no, stop it. And you go, wait, what? Go do this. And let me tell you that radically. Everyday ways and dramatic and radical ways, this is a God-filled, God-led existence, friends. That's what keeping in step with the Spirit means. And I want you to know that it's both everyday ways and the more dramatic ways. It's not just one or the other. It's all, it's both of them. If you're somebody who sits around and waits for the dramatic to happen, then you're missing the Holy Spirit in every single moment of your day to give you the fruit and strength and wisdom and grace and power to be his person in those days, those minutes, those hours. You're missing that if you're waiting for the big dramatic thing. But if you are somebody who's living in those things, but won't listen, can't listen, do not believe that God can intervene in your life and tell you to go around from Mysia to Bithynia, then you're missing out as well. Because this is a supernatural life that we live. Now it gets super wonky and super crazy. And some of us are gonna make some crazy mistakes and we're gonna get uncomfortable with some of these things. But we hear the power of God. We hear the leading of God come to us in dramatic ways as well. I, I wish I had time to tell you, I, you know, I, I, this is my second time at Ren Covenant Church, as you know, I was here for six and a half years. And then I went to a Bible college uh, 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 ministry in for three and a half years in Colorado. And then I came back, both leaving the first time and coming back the second time were interventions of the Holy Spirit in a dramatic way. By the way, I think because I was cultivating a daily relationship that was God-filled and God-led, I was in a position to hear the bigger thing. Next week, Pastor Art's preaching on, so how do we learn to hear the Holy Spirit better? Is that going to be a good sermon? You got that question? We're also going to have some Q&A at the end of that sermon. So bring your questions. But I think that I was in a position to hear that. But it was the sort of thing where I was here, this was my church, I loved it, you loved us, this was the greatest joy in my life was serving Marine Covenant Church and I was sitting in a creek behind a cabin at Lake Tahoe on vacation and the Holy Spirit came down and said to Linda, you guys have to leave Marine Covenant Church and she stood up and she goes, I think I just heard God say, we have to leave. And I literally used a cuss word. I'm like, no. And as I said that, it was almost like the wave of the Holy Spirit had broken off of her beach and crashed onto my sand. And I felt the water rising over me, and God said, you got to go. That's how I knew. Can you imagine? Overwhelmed, like craziness. And God very similarly intervened in order for me to come back here four years later. It's crazy. But what God wanted to accomplish, and I've told you things that God's accomplished in those four years, what he wanted to do, I wouldn't have left. I was too happy and comfortable. He goes, oh, I got bigger things than your happiness, my friend. Both the dramatic and the everyday, God-filled, God-led existence. You with me? We have to keep in step by both of those. Okay, go like this if you're ready. I'll move on. Otherwise, I'll stay with it. You want me to preach it some more? We'll... Yes. Second, keeping in step is the opposite of grieving the Holy Spirit. It's the opposite of grieving the Holy Spirit. This is a scriptural term. That's why I put it in quotes. This God-filled thing, this being in step is versus shutting him out, running away from him, grieving him. Look at these two verses. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. This is the whole verse. I'm not even editing this. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Do not quench the Spirit. And then Ephesians 4. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. It's also, you could, you, could interp- you could translate it, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not pour a bucket of water on the Spirit. In Ephesians 4, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The message paraphrase says this, don't grieve God, don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Don't break God's heart. Don't pour a bucket of cold water on the Holy Spirit. Keeping in step with him is about being open to these every day, every hour, every minute, leadings and fillings, these dramatic change, call, leavings and fillings. The opposite is to, to grieve God. I just want to remind you, friends, God will not force himself on you much. (laughs) He's relentless in his pursuit of our hearts, but he will not overwhelm your will. And so, with a broken heart, he allows us to continue to pour water on the fire, walk away from the leading, walk away from the filling, and not experience this supernatural life indwelling presence that we were destined for. He'll let you do it. And as I said last week, it may explain some of our lives, that we don't have the power, the joy, the strength, the sense of calling, fruit of the spirit. There's more of a sense of chaos and disorder in our internal and our external lives than a sense of God's presence and leading and guiding. We break God's heart with that. We pour water on the fire that the language could be used. Man, I used to be so fired up. And therefore, we miss the supernatural life. So we're not really on a supernatural journey. We're not really in a relationship with the living God. That, friends, is terrifying to me. And it grieves God because it's not what you were destined for. And it's not what Christ died to provide for you. And so being kept, uh, keeping in step with the Spirit is the opposite of grieving the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's about being filled and all the things we talked about at that first point. Filled and led. And this leads to my last point. This last point about keeping in step is it's all about authority and ownership. It's all about authority and ownership keeping in step is. See, I keep in step with the Lord because I belong to him. I keep in step with him because I belong to him. He's my Lord. We're going to talk about lordship right now. See, we're not talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit because he makes our life better for us, although that's true. We're talking about keeping in step with the Holy Spirit because he's the Lord of our lives, and I belong to him. Look at this verse about the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us this is the holy spirit. He set his seal of ownership on us and he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. This this friends this gift of the holy spirit who dwells within us is the anointing of God's ownership. It is the seal of God's ownership. It is the proof of God's ownership over us. A seal in those ancient days marked authority. It marked uh, um, ownership. A king would seal a document or a decree or a a deed and nothing could reverse his will. Once the signet ring had a seal on and he put it in hot wax and he put it on the document, it was like, that's his. Nobody else owns that. And the Holy Spirit is a sign of his ownership of our lives. When we talk about saying yes to the gift of Jesus Christ, when we say yes to to becoming a Christian, we say these kinds of words. We say, God, I will give you my life as my Savior and my Lord because you've come and given me the gift of new life. And so he becomes the Lord of our lives. He owns us. So keeping in step with the Holy Spirit is living into God saying, you're mine and my will will be done through you. That's what God's saying. You are mine. And we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My life is yours. I belong to you. And so the filling and the leading, this keeping in step, is so that I might be responsive to my king. That's lordship. Man, we need a good dose of that about every day. Every one of us, I belong to him. This life is about him. This life is for him. My gifts, my talents, my dollars, my moments, they're for him. Fill me, God. Lead me by your Holy Spirit. That's radical stuff. You can't read the Bible and kind of get a not-so-radical view of Christianity. That's it. Yes, Lord. Lord. That's what we say. So keep it in step is about that authority and ownership. So what are the implications of this? And I'll ask two, three minutes with you before we worship some more. The implications of this, friends, is that the biblical evidence tells us that we must choose to keep up with God, to stay in step, to keep in step. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since the spirit is what is God's presence in us, then let's walk with God. That's what the biblical evidence tells us. We gotta stay in step. We gotta walk with God. We gotta go where he goes. We have to be under his lordship. And so we have things like this in the scriptures. Consider this text in Ephesians chapter five. Be very careful then how you live. Be very careful how you live. We should have just put that one up there. And in light of this truth, right? Be very careful how you live, not as wise, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because every day is a battle out there. The days are evil. Every day is about submitting to the lordship of Jesus. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish. The Bible's not really polite, is it? It's not super tender with your feelings. Do not be foolish. What's the contrast? Understand what the Lord's will is. Understand God's leading. Do you see it? Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Don't know what that is. does not sound good. I do know what it means. It just means means doing whatever I want, just living in the immorality of following whatever I feel like I want to do. He makes the contrast between what it feels like to drink too much wine and to be under its influence and control and to be filled with the Spirit, and be under God's influence and control. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Daily, big dramatic stuff. The days are evil. Understand what the Lord's will is. Don't be foolish. And be under the control of the Holy Spirit this keeping in step let me let me give you two things to apply if this is all true one you have to invite this holy spirit to lead you and guide you you've been given the gift of the holy spirit at your rebirth at your conversion because Jesus promised that anyone who believes in him will be given the gift of the Holy Spirit. But you must invite him, initiate asking him to come in and give you a sense of his presence, to give you his guidance, to help you walk with him, to give you power, to heal parts of you that are so broken you're not able to be under his will. This is our act of will. This is us confessing that he is our Lord and that we are releasing control to our king. We ask him to come in and to meet him into those things. Do you you want him and his filling? I mean, do you want him and his guidance? This Holy Spirit, keep it in step, Holy Spirit thing, is God-led, God-filled. Do you want that leading in your life? So have you asked him? Have you invited him in? This is a really simple spiritual practice that I'll give you right here as part of this first, you know, kind of application. The application is, should have put on the notes for you, sorry. The application is, you have to invite them in. Here's the spiritual practice. Spend a day, spend an hour, spend one hour a day for a week, I don't know. And focus on all the things that you face, all the things that you feel the fear that you feel, the insecurity that you feel, the challenges that you face, the, direct, the choices that are ahead, and be conscious to invite the Spirit of God. And you know, you can talk to the Spirit of God as the Father, it's the Spirit of the Father, that's in the Scriptures. The Spirit of God is also the Spirit of Jesus, that's in the Scriptures. So you can, you can talk to Jesus, talk to the Father, talk to the Holy Spirit, it's all Trinity, ow, hurts, hurts my brain. But to invite Jesus or to invite the Spirit into that choice, that moment, that feeling, and to say, what do I need from you in this, God? What do you need to redeem in this moment? What are you trying to accomplish in this moment? What do you need to heal in me to face this moment? What, do you, what miracle would you like to do here so that your will is done? Invite him in. Have you asked him? Have you just invited him into those things? to be filled and led, you have to invite the Spirit of Christ in. This is why Jesus said, are you thirsty for living water? Ask me, come to me, and I'll give you water to drink. Second application, not only must we invite him in, but we must be willing to respond to him. If we're gonna ask him to come and to speak and to guide and to lead, then we have to be willing to respond. And the application is to look at your heart and ask the hard question, am I willing to hear him and follow him? Am I willing to receive from him what he has for me? Band, why don't you guys come up because I wanna get, get going here in worship and I'm out of time, but I just wanna bring this point home before we respond to the Lord in music worship. Would, are we willing to respond to him To keep in step, to do what he says, to receive whatever he's giving us. A couple of questions, friends. Are we willing to hear his answer, right? Lord, what do you want to do in this moment? Are we willing to hear his answer? We have to deal with the lordship question and the willingness question way up front because it doesn't help us to go, okay, Lord, where are you in this moment? What do you want to accomplish in this moment? But in our heart of hearts, we're like anything but forgive my wife right now. And that is us. Does that not describe us? And so we deal with the Lordship question up front. Am I willing to do what it is that he's going to tell me to do? Am I willing to be able to hear something, his answer, even if it's unexpected or even is not the one that I want to hear? Are we willing then to take a step of faith because this responding to him is going to require us stepping out in faith. It's, you know, we're going to be like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? What do you want? And he's like, you know what? I want you to do this. I want you to give this amount of money. You're like, I can't afford that. And he's like, okay, well, why'd you ask? You know the old joke about, oh man, I don't really want to talk to God about my death. He might send me to Africa. Like, what if I ask God, tell God I'll do anything, like leave me wherever? What if he sends me to Africa? The answer is always, he does not like your attitude. He doesn't want you in Africa, okay? <laughs> Upfront, deal with the heart. Am I willing to hear what he says? Am I willing to take a step of faith? Am I willing to do the hard work that it's going to require? Some of us men, were like, hey, Lord, you know, I want a closer walk with you. He's like, great, well, why don't you deal with that pornography thing? We're like, well, I'd just like to be closer to you. Great, well, why don't you deal with that pornography thing? Well, you know what? I'm going to try, but I just want to feel you more in my life. He's like, great, why don't you deal with the pornography thing? And then we give up. Are we willing to respond whatever he's going to tell us? And it So this is our place. This is our place part, our part, friends, to apply this is we must invite him in, initiate, asking him into those things. God, what is my deal with the pornography thing? Come into that and meet me in it, God. Come heal what needs to be healed. Come kill what needs to be killed. Come give me wisdom about how it is that I can deal safely with myself and what it is that I look at. And bring people into my, like, what? Will I be willing, if we invite him in, then, To respond, to hear, to take a step of faith, to face my justification, rationalizations, and to make those hard choices and do the hard work. We need a little dose of this, friends, in the year 2016 that some of us just need to hear. Listen, if you wanna be filled with God and be God's person, you're gonna have to do a little more hard work. You're not fixing yourself, that's Holy Spirit, power of God stuff. But if you want your life to align to the will of God, are you gonna be willing to hear and do what He says? Take the steps of faith. Get rid of your rationalizations and do some hard work. And if not, then go back to the drawing board. Come back to the altar and worship and say, God, change my heart. Because I don't even want your will if I'm truthful. And guys, we've got all the space in the world for you if that's where you're at. Because that is for real. Can I get an amen with that? For real. But let's deal with that's the issue. And then it's Holy Spirit, come heal me and make me long for your will. I don't know, I'm out of time. I don't even know how to conclude this. Friends, invite, invite you as we worship. In fact, stand with me. We're gonna worship for our last 15 minutes we have. I'm gonna ask you that as we worship, maybe some of the words of the songs are gonna be right on target. Maybe some are gonna be a little off the topic. But listen, I'm gonna ask you as you worship to invite him to come in and meet you. Invite him to come in and fill you. That Ephesians text said, you know, don't be foolish. Don't get drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. It means, the Greek means be continually filled all the way up to the tippy top. And he was talking to believers. That means we just keep this going with the Holy Spirit, friends. We have to keep filling ourselves. I'm gonna ask you as you worship, invite him to fill you, lead you, Grace and encounter the very presence of God that is our privilege as believers in Christ. God bless you as you worship.